2: Pod Diva. Pod Diva. This is Pod Diva. If you're an LGBTQIA woman or non-binary person, this is your weekly podcast. I'm Rachel Shelley. You might know me as Helena Peabody on The L Word. This week, the awesome style influencer and content creator Jade Fox talks to Diva's Nick Crozara about all things style, coming out, and the future of queer storytelling on screen. And when you finish listening to this podcast, take a look at our extensive Pod Diva archive with over 100 original interviews to explore. Then go out and grab yourself a copy of Diva magazine to hear more about all things LGBTQIA+. Pod,
0: Pod Diva. Yeah, really excited to have you in our Pride issue. Would you be okay with doing like some icebreaker questions?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: What are free wardrobe staples you can't live without?
1: Ooh, thrifted black men's trousers, a loud ass like sneaker, and just like giant hoodies, I think.
0: How would you describe your style in freewares?
1: Uncomplicated, proportional, which is a weird one, but it makes sense if you're looking at a picture, modern.
0: What's your favorite season to dress for?
1: Honestly, I, I don't know if it's because like we're just in it right now, but probably spring. I feel like you can like wear all your all your favorite things because the weather is just like on shuffle mode at this point. At least here in LA, it is. So yeah, spring for sure.
0: Yeah, it's on shuffle mode here actually too, but probably a bit colder.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I bet the vibes are immaculate when the weather is great there.
0: Yes, <laughs> I guess a good place to start. Where did your interest in fashion begin?
1: My interest in fashion be- began, I would say college yeah I was what like maybe 19 20 years old it was less about fashion and more so just like I I identified fashion as a tool that I could use to like express myself as a Leo like any opportunity (laughs) I can take to just like somehow infuse my authenticity just like who I am or just any way I can like show people who I am I will utilize that tool. So yeah, definitely like college, like 20 years old.
0: How did you get into video creation and then merge your two passions kind of into one?
1: I got into it strictly out of boredom. Like I wish it was a more like poignant story, but I was in college finding myself through content online. I realized that like, there were a lot of like LGBT creators, like there wasn't necessarily a a scarcity at all but I found that like a lot of them were just either doing tags or spreading information and me I just knew that like that wasn't going to be my lane and so I kind of wanted to be the content that I wanted to see and so I just started making it and I just had a lot of time on my hands I was just in my dorm all the time like if I wasn't doing schoolwork yeah that's how I got into it I was just interested as a viewer and then you know I was bold enough to believe that I could do it myself and make, you know, make the kind of content that I really enjoyed watching.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you did it. And yeah, thank you so much for the content you provided. Like on your YouTube channel, you get real about like a lot of things from safe lesbian sex to like controversial moments in pop culture. Lots and lots of range. It sometimes be hard to like speak up sometimes. Was there a moment in your life where you found your voice? Have you always been, I know you said relief. have you always been naturally outspoken or?
1: I think I've always really wanted to be myself. And I feel like I've always fought for it. And as I grew up, those environments just changed, like from, you know, elementary school to understanding like, oh, I don't feel the same way about like boys and crushes and stuff. It's like I was always rebelling against the majority because I never felt the way the majority did. If I didn't have the confidence to always speak up for myself, I've always had a desire to just like really not conform I want to just do me and I felt that it was always more controversial than it needed to be because I felt like there was like a fight where it doesn't need to be a fight. Definitely not always had the confidence to speak up, but always fighting for just my voice to be respected.
0: Great answer. Thank you. And then you inspire so many of your viewers and followers to like live and be their authentic selves as well. Um, Would you be comfortable sharing your coming out journey?
1: Yeah. I, once again, not that exciting. I remember I was in middle school and I started having the feelings, the urges, and I just like accepted them immediately. Like I didn't, you know, like, oh, I don't, I don't want to, ah, like, I wasn't like that. I, I was just like, oh, nice women. All right. Okay. Let's get into this. I think I've just always been interested in figuring myself out. And so even when I came up against things about my identity that I knew, you know, to the larger world, maybe controversial or maybe, you know, political, I'm still unlocking a piece of myself. And so it was always just an interesting journey to me. But yeah, my coming out story, I was in college. Damn, a lot happened in college. I was in college. I came home. For just like, you know, coming home for a break. I only went to school an hour and a half uh, away from my house. I was going on a date that night and I got really tired of lying to my parents. I was like, this is inconvenient. I can't keep up with it. Also, I don't really care. I'm in college. Like, what y'all want to do, me?" And so I just decided to come out that weekend, like strictly out of being inconvenienced. I was like, listen, guys, I don't I don't want to do the the lie thing with y'all. So I'm gay. I remember my mom was like, in the living room and my dad was in the kitchen and I was standing like in the middle of the two rooms and I just said it and my dad was like, okay, work. I mean, he didn't say that, but you know, he was like, okay, like bet. And then my mom, she was like, are you sure? Like you're positive. I was like, you've been married to a man. You Are you like, think about this. But yeah, it was actually kind of funny because my mother is just Southern and, classic boomer material there. And that was like my, that was my coming out story. You've earned a
0: reputation for your jokes.
1: I just find that there's a lot of humor in queerness. There's a lot of humor in like transness and just the way that we dress and the way that we navigate the world. And I know that at times it can be very like, you know we need to pick our words carefully because you know we are an evolving society. Things can become antiquated, you know within the last year or two years. But I think that humor is also the same thing that binds all of us. And I think that humor is like the basis of a lot of community, especially like within like Black queer spaces. And so I got to like walk that that life for a little bit. And I genuinely just find it fascinating. And I hope that people that follow me know that it comes from a place of love. I'm never bashing us. It's just like if it's funny... It's funny. What can I say? You know?
0: On the topic of like labels and stuff, can I just double check what labels you use?
1: Yeah. So um she, her pronouns, I identify as a cis woman. And then my sexuality is is queer right now. Just gonna use the the OG, the OG term. I feel like with conversations online, it's very easy to get sucked into the just the back and forth with people. Anytime I make content, especially now because I've been doing it for so long, it's like I if I'm saying something, if I'm making a video about something and I'm taking the time to script it out or to put notes and then I'm editing it and you know taking the time to produce this whole thing, it's usually because it's something that I wanna say or something that I feel like I need to say. And I don't really make videos otherwise. Like I don't do anything that's like, I don't do the filler content. Or if I, you know, if I don't have a video that week, I don't have a video that week because I have nothing to say that week. When it comes to just like dealing with people like that, it's like, I will give you the information if you choose to ignore the information or if you don't find it valuable that's on you and if you get your ass beat hey I told you <laughs> you know what I mean so like that's your destiny is is you you are choosing your destiny but yeah I give the information and I leave it at that
0: I don't get into internet fights either but I'm like a Taurus, so I find it really like a doom scroll and I'm like Oh, I need to be more calm.
1: Because people, like, they want you to do that. They want you to, like, get sucked into those conversations and those, like, Twitter fights.
0: As well on your channel, you, like, review a lot of queer content and shows. Um, And we have similar favorites, such as Lena Wave's 20s. I'm keen to find out more about what you think about how on-screen LGBTQI representation has progressed in our lifetimes, but also, like, what still needs to improve.
2: Part Diva.
1: Part Diva. Yeah, I think... My perspective has changed on representation, especially in media, because I feel like we tend to look at it from like a strictly a consumer standpoint where it's like, oh, well, this production company is telling me that this is like a black queer show and it's for me. But I'm now realizing that like we have so many different identities and so many like overlapping storylines and just and experiences that. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's up to us to identify what our representation is. My first moment of like feeling like I was represented on television, it wasn't a queer character at all. It was Maxine Shaw from Living Single. She's someone who talks like me. She doesn't, she's assertive like me. She goes for what she wants. And I had just never seen someone do the things that I wanted to do so unabashedly. I find that now it's, it's not up to the, the filmmakers and studios to provide representation, rather you know, it's up to us to identify the storylines that we connect with and elaborate on those. I actually just recently saw a movie called The Five Devils. It was like this indie film. It was really cool. It was like about this closeted mom in an interracial marriage. And the marriage was like kind of shit, but she was low-key fucking with a witch. And like her kid was low-key a witch. The girl she was fucking with was a Black woman. Her kid also was mixed race. And so it was interesting because like, when do you get to see not just like queer themes, but like overlapping with sci-fi, overlapping with like dark magic or whatever, you know, whatever you want to want to call it, spirituality and stuff like that. I think that we're getting into a space now where we're realizing that people are just queer. We can expand on this in a way that's not like this is what they were like when they were a teenager and they were coming out during this time and more so is like you're experiencing queer storylines and how it frames a relationship or how it frames a story I'm enjoying the way that queerness is not being explained as much, which sounds kind of like you wouldn't want that. But I think that it also kind of like reflects the experience of queer people. People look at us and they make a bunch of assumptions about, you know, our life or they make a bunch of assumptions about our identity. But at the end of the day, we're just walking down the street and we're just queer. We're just queer and going to work. We're just queer and going to Starbucks. And so I appreciate the humanity in the way that queer, queer representation is happening um in media i'm just i will say i'm more interested now in just what happens and what comes out in the next few months or next few years than i have been in the past
0: i also love your your supertime videos and your friendship with Arrows. Uh, what is it like getting to work with your friends
1: it's the best it's the best like it's like the the main reason why i think i will always love digital over like mainstream because you know I've been on auditions and I've been like on shoots and stuff like that and it's cool don't get me wrong like it's cool to see you know big budget and to be amongst a crew of people and it's very immersive whereas digital it's the opposite it's like it's very bare bones we're just sitting on a couch and we just turn a camera on our lighting is like shit half the time and so it's like I enjoy the, the fact that we can make something and it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be you know, s- similar to what we we're just talking about with like queer representation in media. It's like, it doesn't have to be, woe is me, we're gay, let's talk about it kind of thing. It's just like, we're just two gay people and we're talking about dating or we're talking about this weird movie that we saw. And I think that there should be more work, especially for creatives, that feels easy. I feel like we all wanna like get to a level of where our work looks a certain way and it's positioned a certain way and you can see the budget, you, you know, you can get shareholders and all this other stuff. That's important. And like, yeah, that's a piece of the puzzle. But I also think that like any creative job, it's like, there's gotta be one part of it that's fun. Cause like, that's where you're gonna kind of like get your soul fed. And that's where you're going to be able to sustain yourself like as a creative. And so I appreciate Supertime. It offers content which is work but the means of the work is very personal and easy and it's with my best friend and we we just have a chemistry where it's like you can't hire that you know like you can't you can't do that and so I just appreciate the the way that supertime sustains me because as a creative and like as a queer person
0: so can you remember like the, your first time celebrating pride and can you like set the scene of what that looked like
1: Oh my God. Yeah, I can. Okay. So I was in DC. It was hot as hell. I was with my ex. I imagined in my head, like, and this is before Insecure came out. This is what, maybe 2014, maybe? 13, maybe? I don't know. I was like, there's just going to be like a bunch of like black and brown, like queer people. There's going to be baddies there. Like there's going to be like shots going around like in my mind like pride is a visa <laughs> like essentially and so we go on the train because I was too scared to drive in DC at the time so we like we ride the train into the city we get there and I'm seeing a lot of like butch white women I'm seeing like mismatch earrings asymmetrical haircuts I'm seeing a lot of like body hair and on one side I'm like okay work liberation I'm here for it But on the other hand, I'm like, where are the black people though? (laughs) And we were there for like hours. I would say we were there for maybe like three hours and I was still waiting to see Kehlani. I was like still waiting to see like, I don't know, any Tumblr like baddie that I had followed in the past, like some dumb shit, whatever. It was a very like white butch event. And that was the first time I had ever like really been around like uh, this group of people. And I think that that was my first glimpse into how a lot of like corporate queer events just don't cater to black and brown audiences at all. I remember I felt like duped. Like I remember I went and I was just like, I feel like I've been tricked. This was the whole thing that was supposed to be for like everybody and everybody's not here. Yeah. I remember feeling like kind of duped and I was hot as hell. And so I was like, I want to (laughs) leave. Like It just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. But that's when I realized like, oh, we have our own events, you know, we have black pride. We have, you know, like smaller versions of pride that are like for us. And so that was my first experience. I remember I met Tila Tequila and I have a picture with her. It was super random. This is like back, like when her show was on her like bisexual dating show. And yeah, that was my first ever pride.
0: What does like pride mean to you now?
1: Pride to me means ease. When I go to you know, a black and brown queer event, there's a a peace and an ease there in that I don't have to like fight for my existence in this space. I don't need to like be on the defense. I don't need to sit here and, and wait for a good song to come on. Like, I feel like there's a lot of waiting, being defensive, thinking just like, it's very cerebral sometimes being in like white queer spaces. Like I'm thinking too much, like I'm thinking too much in this space right now. And so pride now, now that I'm going to actual prides that represent my experience that are thrown by people who look like me, I'm able to like really experience it in the way that I think allows me to feel the most pride in my identity and in myself. Being around other people who look like me, who feel liberated, who feel free, to express themselves in the way that they want to, who also have similar experiences as me and don't need, I don't need to explain it to them. And they get it. It's like the DJ is the DJ. And I I get why the DJ is a DJ. You know, I don't have to think about that. And so I think that like that is pride to me, just being able to exist in my full self and not think too hard. And just to be around other people who are having that same experience yeah yeah i mean i'm here for it I, I mean if pride ends up being six months in the next like three years like i'm cool with that
0: <laughs> me too are you working on any projects that you'd like to promote or is there anything else you'd like to address that hasn't been touched on
1: you know just like stay tuned to the channels stay tuned to you know the channels essentially because everything will be posted there once i get to a spot where i can talk about it a little bit more
2: Maybe can't wait thank you so much well, thank you Pod diva. thank you for listening to pod diva in association with diva magazine the world's leading brand for lgbtqia plus women and non-binary people every week we bring you new interviews from a vast range of fabulous people celebrating and amplifying the voices of the lgbtqia plus community browse our extensive back catalog of episodes to find your favorites from jennifer beals to abby jacobson It's like one gorgeous, glossy magazine in your ear. Please share, rate or review us. It really does help. You can find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can email me at editorial at diva-magazine.com. Pod Diva. Queers for your ears.
0: Pod Diva.